0: generally irritable here with a special edition uh, with a special guest Zuby here on generally irritable super excited to have you on have you as a guest happy to be here Um, we have not only a, a fella who is heavily involved and uh, speaking out about politics in America, around the world, but also really digging into the culture with your music, rap, and um, and uh, I don't know what what other things are you into these days. So you you've got your podcast, mm-hmm. right? So you've got the Zuby podcast, which is all over social media. Uh, you just had on Elon Musk. Um, you've had you've been on Patrick Bet David. You've been on. Oh, you with... don't want to start
1: listening, There's a lot of them.
0: Oh, you've, been ta- you've talked to everybody. You're <laughs> talking about AI. You're you you got all this amazing stuff that you're talking with folks about. Uh, one of my favorite interviews that you've done, of course, was with Ben Shapiro. Mm. Your defense of rap music. So we're going to get to talk about that today. Uh, but share with our viewers a little bit about what else you're doing these days besides music and podcast what what else where else can they find you what else do you think is is exciting that you're up to these days
1: yeah well a lot of things i mean um as we record this in the past eight days i've been to four different countries and i've done six events in the past eight days dang so i just came off the back of a short european tour okay i performed in the netherlands i had a show in amsterdam on saturday London on Sunday, Manchester on Monday, and Dublin on Tuesday. Then I flew to the US, had an event in Washington I spoke in Washington DC on Friday, and then I just performed in Vermont yesterday. Oh on my goodness. Saturday, and then I'm doing another event. This
0: in evening. Vermont.
1: Yeah. So um how
0: tired are you I'm right fine. now?
1: Honestly I'm fine. Like I've been tired for the past six or seven years. <laughs> but like just, it's my default state and I don't think anyone would look at me or interact with me and be like, oh, wow, that guy's tired. Like, yeah. No, I'm fine. I just, I just go. Mission. Yeah. I just Mission go. focused. Yeah, I'm fired up hundred percent all the time. I, I love it. Yeah. All right. Other things going on. Um, I've written two books and I'm working on my third one. Okay. Yeah. I'm over 50,000 words at this point.
0: Nice. So this is
1: going to be my biggest and best book yet. My first book, strong advice. That was a fitness book. Then I wrote my children's book, The Candy Calamity, last year. Okay. And then this book is going to be a lot bigger, wider. This is more about mindset and Mm. philosophy. So I want to have that. I'll I'll have the first draft done, I think, within the next month or two. All right. And then. um, So
0: where can people find your books? Are they on Amazon, your website?
1: Yeah, teamzubi.com. Okay. Teamzoobie.com. You'll find links to everything on there. All right. That's the best place. All right. Yeah. Um, I've got my podcast going, of course, Real Talk with Zuby over 260 episodes done so far nice. I started that at the beginning of 2019 so that's a weekly podcast you know new episodes coming out every week I have been doing yeah like I said lots lots of live events um, I'm going out to Kuala Lumpur in September perform- I'm performing in California in August Kuala Lumpur in September I've just been booked for an event in Michigan and then I've got going out to Johannesburg South Africa I love it in November and probably some stuff in the middle in October Um, Something I also do that a lot of people don't know about because I don't really promote it is I also do like coaching and consulting on a freelance basis for a lot of individuals and also for um, a couple of organizations as well, particularly helping them to grow and amplify their social media. Okay. Um, I probably only promote that maybe twice a year because I don't onboard new clients very often. Mm. And um, of course, I've then, yeah, got the music piece as well. I'm not working on a new album right now, but once I finish the book, my creative energy is going into the book. But um, once that is done, then I think the next creative project after that will be another album.
0: Another album. Yeah. That's why I was listening to some of your music on the way over here to help me especially get in the mindset. Mm. And I, one of the things I want to talk about in, in this interview especially is how much you infuse God and your beliefs into everything that you do. Yeah. And I think it's so important that we as Christians are providing options to speak into the culture mm-hmm. because so often, you know, the if you watch like a Christian movie or you listen to Christian music, it's made for people who are already Christians. Yes, absolutely. And the movies all feel like lifetime movies. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They feel they're they boring, let's be real. Okay, nobody wants to say it. Although um, the new movie out, Sound of Freedom, pr- produced super well, excellent suspense, um, really well acted. But a lot of times I feel like Christian music or Christian art, Christian movies, are really made for people who are already Christians yes. rather than cr- just creating something good that includes God mm-hmm. that can speak into the world yeah. and kind of invite them over to us. Mm-hmm. Is that a con was that a conscious effort on your part or do you even think about it when you're writing?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've been a, I've been a Christian my whole life. Okay. I was I was raised in the faith and I've never wandered away from it per se. I never went through any sort of atheistic phase or mm. anything like that. Obviously as an intellectual person. Yeah, as a as a thinking person, I, I you know, I question my own religion and beliefs more than more than anybody else, right? Every single belief that I have I question, I challenge, I walk around all day. Maybe I'm weird, but like I'm constantly having debates in my own head. Sometimes people wonder how I'm able to like voice my thoughts and articulate things so well. And it's like, because I've already debated this in my own brain with myself and oftentimes with other people many, many times. So by the time you're kind of hearing those words coming out my mouth, I've actually thought through far more things than somebody may realize. Yeah. So when I got into music, so I started rapping um, as a hobby when I was in university. Okay. Um, I studied at Oxford University. I did computer science. I was already a hip-hop fan. Um, I became a hip-hop fan when I was about 12 or 13. Yeah. So I'd been listening to tons of the music. And then when I was 18 years old, I was traveling from the UK to Nigeria, and I had a stopover in a Paris airport. Okay. And I was by myself, I had a long layover. I didn't really have much to do, but I had my MP3 player and I had like a I had a pen and a pad and I just started jotting down. I just started jotting down some rhymes. I wrote my first ever verse. And then while I was in Nigeria, I was out there for 4 or 5 weeks and I just kept I just kept writing and okay. I would record I would just record the verses into like my phone, like the recorder, All right. the recording thing on my phone, and I was playing it to my siblings and my cousins, whoever was around, and people were like, "Oh, like that's pretty cool." And then when I went, got back to university, I uh, my friend Chris, who lived on the same floor as me, he had a little recording studio in his in his dorm room.
0: Nice. He had
1: like a basic. He had a microphone in a sort of closet, ah. and he had. You know, like a very basic, basic Beat machine mixer.
0: or something yeah. like that? Yeah,
1: and so uh, I, I went on the internet. There used to be a website called SoundClick. I think oh, it might still okay. exist. This is like prior to SoundCloud. And okay. I would just download beats off the internet. And I made my first ever song, which was called The Bad Man. So my good friends I went to university with, some of them, my nickname with them is Bad Man. They call me, <laughs> they, they me Bad Man because the first ever song I made in my late teens when I was at university was called The Bad Man. So I made that song... And I, I remember attaching it to an email and just sort of sending a mass email to a bunch of people I knew saying, hey, I made a song. Let me know what you think of this. And I, I, got, I got positive feedback on it. And then I did two more songs. I made a song called Oh No, and I made a song called Tonight, and I made a little demo CD. Ooh. And I actually sent it off to um, a local magazine called Night Shift Magazine. Right. Shout out to Night Shift Magazine in Oxford. They're actually still running. Um, and they gave me nice. demo of the month in their magazine so these were my first three songs first first three songs i'd ever made and i got demo of the month and by the way this magazine was pretty critical like they could be quite harsh if they thought your music was trash and they were like hey you know there's this oxford university kid who's rapping which is a little different and his stuff is he's got a future you know yeah so i kept on making music and by the time i was in my second year i released my first album when i was 19. So I put out my first album, Commercial Underground, and I just released that um, totally independently. I took the, if you actually look on the, the cover of my first album, yeah. if you look up Zuby Commercial Underground, that photo was taken in my dorm room. So it's a me, I'm wearing like a black vest with a headband on and I'm wearing like a glove and I'm kind of going like that. And that was taken in my dorm room. Shut and then up. one of my friends did the graphic design and, you know, we put, we put it all together. And then I went and got, I got 50 CDs pressed and I sold all 50 in a week. And so I took that money. Um, I made what 250 pounds from that, five pounds okay. each, five pounds each, 50 CDs, 250 pounds. I went back and I made 250 CDs, and I sold all of them. <laughs> I went back, made a thousand. I ended up selling over 3,000. Co- ended up spe- selling 3,000 copies over the course of time of that first album. So this was when it went from being just a hobby to oh, okay, this, this is, is something that people are doing. It's one thing for people to say, oh, you know, I like your music or whatever. It's another for them to, to buy it yeah. or to come to a gig. And so yeah. I was doing shows. I started doing some small gigs in and around Oxford and then eventually in some other cities. Um, I graduated 2007. Okay. I graduated. With I took a computer science
0: computer degree? Computer science
1: degree. Yeah, I took a year out. I released a second album and i did music full-time for one year put out a second album in 2008 called the unknown celebrity okay and i was just at this point this is when i just started hitting this i was just hitting the streets i mean i was hitting the streets with my first album that's how i sold so many yeah so i used to just go out on the street and talk to strangers and play them my music and sell it to them
0: so have you ever actually done computer science
1: as a job no <laughs> no
0: this is what so i'm listening to you talk right and you said you said You know i've always been a thinker i've always debated my faith Mm -hmm. and that's something i think that we're called to do especially as christians right Mm -hmm. it does not say in the bible um you know take this all by faith and never question anything you know some of the first universities the first um, medical centers and things like that were actually started by christians Mm -hmm. right and and i believe that you know, as we have been made in the image of our creator, we have been given this mind that wants to seek the truth, that wants to understand, wants to know where we came from and why and what it's for and and all of these things. Mm-hmm. And And sometimes I think there's this weird belief that if you question your faith or if you dig into the Bible, if you really like search for the deeper meaning or the what it's all about that somehow that's bad yes or it you know makes you a bad christian Mm. no you just have to take it all on faith yes and so so then i hear you say you went to school for computer science and i'm like how did you not end up in like theology or philosophy or like i'm very i'm actually very
1: scientific minded Okay. I'm very scientific-minded. I mean, my in the UK you have what are called A levels. They've now they're now AS and A2 levels. These are okay. exams you do when you're typically 17 and 18. Okay. And so for is these this like
0: SATs or mm-hmm. things like that in it's America. More,
1: I think it's more narrow. Than the American system. So in the UK, you specialize after the age of 16, really. Oh. So by the but you go down to four subjects and then three. Okay. Right? So up until 16, you're doing a wide field, you know, a dozen or so subjects. Okay. And then for AS levels, you typically do four. Okay. And then for A2, most people do three. Okay. I ended up doing four because I'm smart, so I just kept all four (laughs) of them. Um, So I did chemistry, biology, maths. I did chemistry, biology, maths, and economics as okay. my as my um, as my A two levels, and then okay. I went on and I, I studied computer science. So, even though I make a living with words and I'm a communicator, the way my brain primarily functions in the ap- academics, I, I like I like being right or wrong. So, what I mm. liked with those exams when I was doing chemistry, biology, math, whatever, either I am right or I am wrong. It's not subjective. It's just. And and I I like that.
0: Rules, order. Logic. See, I think that's interesting. So I'm an accountant Mm -hmm. by trade. Mm -hmm. That's what I went to school for. I got a degree in accounting. And when people meet me, they're like, that doesn't compute. And I go, yeah, I like the structure and the order. I have an analytical brain. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy. It comes very easy to me. But at the same time... Um, I'm very creative. I want to use yeah. that creativity towards the logic and reason. I don't think that they're at odds with one another. I think they actually complement one yes. another. You can you can be both. I think oftentimes, honestly, I think a lot of people are
1: confused when you do more than one thing or mm. you are more than one thing. Yeah. Um not everybody is comfortable with that. Mm. Right. Some people don't like the fact that wait, how can you be a rapper and a podcaster? And an author, and a public speaker, and a coach, and you're talking on all of these range of different subjects, right? Some yeah. people don't like that. They're like, pick pick one thing, stay in one lane. I get that. All you stay stay in your lane. My lane is whatever I choose my lane to be.
0: Yeah. Who um, said
1: who's specialization is for insects? Um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's not my own quote. Who? Oh man, whose quote was that? I, 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 wa- I want to give credit to whoever's original quote I that is. Find but that it's out. yeah. Oh my god! I don't want to say the wrong person but um you know you can you can do and you can be multiple things right there's no yeah. reason you can't be it's like the people who think that if you're like well built and muscular and you're strong and you're into like bodybuilding or whatever then you're going to be stupid as, yeah. as if like every you know for every pound of muscle you gain you lose you know two Brain IP cells. points or something it's just like there's no correlation between these things you can be incredibly athletic and incredibly academic it's and you know it's there yeah. they're not mutually maybe people want them to be mutually exclusive. Because then it's easier to kind of like just put someone in a box this is just the dumb jock he's strong and he's good at sport but he's dumb
0: and this is like the smart nerd who's like not physically impressive but that's what human (laughs) beings i think want to do that right we want to put people in boxes because it's easier to understand Mm. and relate Mm. to that person do you know what i mean i think think because
1: i think it simplifies the world And I think Mm. people want, look, the way I look at it is, I think the world is incredibly complex. Yes. The world is incredibly complex. And in order to, if you were to try to take in everything in full all the time, you would be, you would constantly have sensory overload. Yes. Right. Just where we are right now.
0: Oh my God, especially.
1: Yeah, think about it. So when I look at you, literally everything else becomes blurry. Mm. You can only focus on one thing at a time. If I go look over there, now you're blurry. Right. Right? Yeah. I if A I'm referral. yes, if I'm listening to you properly, all the other sounds kind of dim in my brain to focus on what you're saying, right? If I start trying to listen to the crickets chirping and then you talk to me, I start losing my active listening skills. Right. And so if you think of it as we navigate the world every single day, we're constantly running heuristics, we're using pattern recognition, we're looking at shortcuts, we're thinking of ways to simplify things. Yeah. Right? Um, your brain can even interpret an object in multiple ways, Mm. right? A a rock could be a rock, or a tree stump could be a tree stump. Mm -hmm. It could also be a chair. It could also be a table. It could also be something you put your foot on so that you can tie your shoes. It could be our brains are like, okay, how is this useful to me? Mm. So I think that we do this with human beings all the time, right? So if you can, there's 8 billion people in the world, and Mm -hmm. you can't, every day, if you're in a busy city, you might walk past thousands of people in one day, right? And you don't have the time and the energy or the inclination to get to know every single person. So you run heuristics in your brain to very quickly weigh, weigh people up and you know, d- decide on how to interact and engage if so. And so I think people like it when you can just stick a label on someone and yes. put someone in a box because then you only need to have an understanding of that box.
0: It's very simplified. I don't yes. have to see you as a complex no. human being no. or a child of God. No. The individual disappears, mm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: This is actually where genuine mm. bigotry stems from. This is where racism stems from. This is where, because then you you can just have a, this is my view on black people. This is my view on white people. Yep. This is my view on Asian, whatever. So all you need to know is, all right, which box is that person in? You put them in that box. You've already got your views, your bias, your prejudices about this box. You don't need to get to know the individual. Right, And And that's where actual bigotry comes from. Whereas if you're like, wait, let me be nuanced. Everyone is an individual. I don't know someone's heart, their mind, their character, their experiences, their beliefs. I don't know that just by looking at them.
0: And that's, everybody does
1: that. Everyone does it to some degree.
0: It it doesn't matter. I love how, um, you know, I consider myself politically conservative Mm -hmm. or on the right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And so it is really... Exactly. (laughs) And then, so it's like, I I remember having this conversation with my husband, um, Oh God. So sometime like November of December last year, uh, I ran for, I mentioned before we got started, I ran for Congress last year and it was a whole thing. We won't even get into it, but by the end there was a lot of, uh, frustration and, and real genuine hurt on my part Mm -hmm. with our own with my side and i remember having this conversation with benjamin and he looked at me and he goes do you think you're better than them and this is like talking about the you know leftist left you know planned parenthood democrats whatever and immediately i was like yes yes i am better than them and he goes Huh. Doesn't sound very Christian. Erica and I was like, "Oh my god. Like I am no different. I am no better, and it is just as easy for me to fall into that trap of us versus them. Mm-hmm. I'm better. You I'm putting you in a box. Mm-hmm. You're not a you're not a precious child of God." Mm-mm. If even though we disagree, Mm -hmm. you are a a bad person or whatever. And it's like, golly, if I can do that as a person who considers myself very grounded and very open and loving and caring and whatever, then what must it be like for folks who aren't as deep a thinker? who haven't Welcome debated these this, points this, this,
1: already. This, this is the whole story of human history. This is the story of human history. If you look back on every type of conflict that has happened across different countries, between different groups, between it comes down to this oversimplification. In almost every situation, it comes down to this oversimplification. You combine that with tribalism and then, of course, battles over resources and things like that. And it's just that, it's that same thing, right? It's very, you know, And I do believe good and bad absolutely exist. Of course. Right. Righteous and evil absolutely exist. But the truth and, you know, there's that famous quote from uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, that, you know, the line dividing good and evil runs through every, Mm. every single human heart. So it's not as simple as the world is good guys and bad guys. Yeah. Every single human being. And this is very fundamental, actually, to the Christian story is that every person has a sinful nature. Yes. And is capable of both good and bad. We do good things, we sin, we make mistakes, we get angry, we hurt people, we, you know, where it's not just that I'm good they're bad. Okay. Like half the country is good. Half the country is bad. Of course I'm on the good side. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> Democrats, you know, some a hardline Democrat might be that all oh, those Republicans, they're, they're, they're racist and they're sexist and Deporables. they're misogynistic and they're deplorable and they hate babies and they hate children and they hate women and they hate everything. This, right. And then someone who's, you know, a hardline Republican, who's not really like thinking on a very deep level, you know, all the Democrats, right. They're just the left, right. They're just they're all they're 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 bad and they're they're evil and they're wrong and they hate men and they hate women and they hate babies and they hate like you know and you have to sometimes even think about like who you're who are you talking about here right you're talking mm-hmm. about your neighbors you're talking about people who live down the road from you some of them will be teaching in your kids school some of them are you know these are the people who are working in the grocery store you're walking past them every single day mm-hmm. is in your real world experience like when you get offline and you're not just jacked up off the media and whatever mm-hmm. is your personal experience really that half The people you come across are vicious racists does that sound does does that that even sound reasonable yeah does that sound right is every other person you meet a white supremacist is every other person you meet like a a horrible and and anyone who's honest is like no absolutely not like most people are decent and civil and get along sure people have their disagreements and debates if you want if you want to get into the nitty-gritty but on a day-to-day basis and this is true in every country right when you're walking around it's not like i've never been to anywhere in the usa or outside where you know i just go out there well everyone's just fighting like look the black people are fighting the white people and the democrats are fighting the republicans and the men are fighting people are just getting on with their lives trying to be safe do their work look after their kids generally generally live in peace and i think that there are i don't think i know there are powers out there in the in the political world in the media in certain activists there there are there are groups and there are individuals, and there always have been, who benefit from division and intentionally stirring yes. the pot and getting people hyper polarized and fighting each other. Because fear, I believe, is the most powerful human emotion. Yeah. I'd love to say that it's love, but oh really my it's God, fear. It's not.
0: Fear is. Free. In
1: terms of people's behavior and what people respond to, nothing drives and motivates people like fear. So actually, it's a lot easier if you're trying to get people. On your side or even if you're trying to sell a store you're trying to sell a product it's actually and this is well known in advertising and marketing and pr if you if you provoke people into outrage or fear some type of negative emotion and you especially if you give them an, an enemy or something to sort of mm-hmm. target that towards that's generally more effective at least short term than appealing to their better nature appealing to their virtue appealing to yeah. um the the benefits right people it's it's like find that pain point correct and then that's the thing people respond to and this has been the case it's been the case forever and i think it's something important for people to be aware of and once you're aware of it and you're cognizant it doesn't mean you'll never fall into that trap like we all do probably multiple times a day yep. but you're at least thinking yourself enough to be like wait 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 hang on am i being manipulated here and if so by whom and why,
0: and that's uh, you know, in sales, they call it selling the dream mm-hmm. or selling the nightmare, yeah. and it is so much easier to sell the nightmare, be, I think, because our this is and this is where biology comes in, right? We've we have evolved so far from you know caveman days, mm-hmm. if you will, that now that that limbic system, right? The 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 croc brain if you will is is still looking for the tiger to fight. Yep. It's still looking for the problems, the the because for a millennia, if if you backing up, if we look at all of human history, we've only been civilized for about five minutes, mm-hmm. right? up until the last hundred years or so, we still had to fight with nature and fight with each other over land, property, resources, food, you know, we're, we're, you know.
1: And billions of people still do right now.
0: And so in America, especially where we have been It's like we've gotten so soft and so comfortable mm-hmm. that our our primitive brain is still stuck, yes. looking for the thing to fight or worry about because we haven't figured out that it's fine. Yeah, we're fine.
1: I have. I think that's what um, anxiety is. Mm. I've never experienced or sort of struggled with what people call anxiety, but um, it seems like something that's extremely and increasingly common yes. for people to say that they have issues and that they struggle with anxiety, they have anxiety, and I think it's what causes it is exactly what you talked about, right? I think there's a certain level, I'm sure there's some hormone, there's, there's a certain level mm. of, let's say, anxiety hormone or an- anxious energy yeah. that is within people and is supposed to be because we are built to survive, right? And as you said, most of human history you've always had a fight to survive. Battle against the, the weather, battle against potential predators, battle against potential enemies, trying to find food, trying to create shelter, trying to look after your children, all of these things, being right? A,
0: even just being like the alpha in, mm-hmm. in a k- tribe yeah. or whatever.
1: Yeah, being, like- being anybody in, in a tribe, right? Life has always been difficult. And so when life is made easy and the creature comforts are taken care of, I think that energy builds up, Mm. which is why I think, look, like I'm, I'm big on exercising, go to the gym, train, lift weights, get jacksonated. Right. Like I'm always pushing, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing that. Right. There's lots of positive outlets. Go, go for a run, get out there, go swimming, do whatever it is. You go out there and you get that energy out. But if you don't, it's just, just it's it's just there. And then people are like, I feel anxious. I feel this. I feel it's like, well, if you just sit on your butt all day, which a lot of people do, and you're eating trash and you're watching trash and you're listening to trash and you're not getting that energy output in a healthy way yeah then yeah you're gonna feel off something is gonna feel off because you have this nervous tension and energy and f- survival instincts but it's not being dissipated in any sort of way so i think from my totally non-psychiatric non-psychological view like this seems to be an obvious reason and i'm sure some know someone with more expertise could go and explore this hypothesis a bit more but i think this is why you see and hear people in the most comfortable and wealthy and well taken care of places increasingly talking about man i have this anxiety or i have this depression or i have this or i have that all these you know mental mental health things that people are talking about and i think a lot of it is is simply lifestyle based i think Mm -hmm. we've moved so far away from nature literally and metaphorically that people have just increasingly become untethered from reality in many ways, especially mm. in this age of social media and mm. screens. I mean, th- look, think about it. The average yep. person the average person spends, okay, most people sleep around eight hours. So the average person spends about 16 hours a day awake. Yeah. Um, I think in the US, the average person watches about three hours of TV per day. Wow. Okay, so three of those 16 hours you're watching TV.
0: Okay.
1: Another three hours on social media. Oh right so you've got say say the average person has is looking at screens for about six hours a day and then okay you're at work most people are probably also looking at a screen yeah while you're at work correct so over the course of a week that's 40 plus hours of looking at screens for some people it's going to be 80 for some people it's going Even to be 100. More. yeah right and so you're just constantly taking it i mean you firstly you're, you're just looking at a screen and probably spending a lot of time indoors and so on. You're not getting enough exercise. You're not eating good food. You compound all of these different factors on top of each mm-hmm. other, you know? And I'm like, well, of course you have a mental health crisis, right? Why wouldn't you? Like we are, we're humans, we're, we're special. We believe that we are children of God, right? Yeah. But we're still animals.
0: Yes, we, we are animals. We yes. are designed
1: to be in nature. We are designed to spend time outdoors. Correct. We do absorb vitamin D. From the sun. Yes. We are meant to right? We are supposed the food that you eat. Right. Some people are just sitting there just eating uh, Twinkies and processed food and tort tortilla. Right. You're you're not even your ancestors wouldn't even recognize the food you're eating. Right? Right. I, I have a general rule when people ask me about nutrition and stuff, and you know, I'm not saying I eat zero processed food, but I often tell people if it grows, eat it. Right? Mm. if your ancestors would have recognized it as food it's probably <laughs> all right to eat right if your ancestors would have recognized right if you if you put like a, a, a I don't know some blue Takis in front of your, you know, great grandfather. Oh my god! And he would be like, "What on what earth is that? Is I'm not this? eating that, right?" It's probably, you know, you probably shouldn't eat it. If, he, yeah. if if, if your ancestor wouldn't even know that this thing is food,
0: yeah. Then it's probably well. Now not great we're for you. now we're eating the impossible burgers, <laughs> and uh, which I learned recently is not even food. It's well, okay. I'm you guys. I cannot speak to this exactly, but it's basically <laughs> like uh, it's a science experiment. It's not even my understanding is it's not actually really food, mm-hmm. and there's like forty patents out on it, and they're trying to pass this off as nutrition mm-hmm. and a replacement for Me. just regular food. Yeah, I mean, what what are the ingredients of
1: a steak? beef grass beef right like one ingredient yeah what's the ingredient of a you know a a vegan steak or an impossible steak or whatever it is it's like you can't even read the list yeah and so look if someone has a you know is vegan for ethical reasons whatever iris i actually do understand and respect that but i'm simply saying from a nutritional perspective and from a simple just thinking about a going back to nature perspective um you know there are things that we can do. I look. I think there's a there's a ne- there's a lined thread yeah. between enjoying our material comforts mm. and modern life and modern technology and the inventions that we can all benefit from and use to make our lives better, easier, more fulfilling in certain ways, whilst not getting totally lost in the sauce and going so extreme on that that you now abandon everything natural and normal and the stuff that has kept people sane for ages i'm not i'm personally not in the hey you need to go and live in the wilderness and do all your own farming and do all that like if you wanted like i massively respect people who are like that by the way yeah Right. i respect people who are like hey i eat what i kill i eat what i grow like i'm like dude that's based like that's cool that's cool right but, but i also recognize I'm not,
0: not i'm about the growth yeah
1: <laughs> but i recognize look like not every single individual is now gonna you know go off into the into the wilderness and start their own homesteads and everything like right that, right if you want to do that god bless you i think it's cool yeah um but you know there's there's a healthy balance where you can embrace the technology and you can use this stuff but also you are having real world conversations with people yeah. and you're spending time outside and you're getting sunlight and you're moving your body, you're exercising every day. You're trying to at least primarily eat whole foods, things that are your ancestors would recognize, things yeah. that actually grow, not just some weird, you know, high, multi-color, hyper...
0: I, I, there's so Especially
1: here in the U.S. there's some really... Uh, I go in the grocery store and I look at certain... Aisle, like just the cereal aisle. I'm like this is what you're feeding children? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, you're giving this to children oh first God. thing in the morning and then sending them to school. And
0: then we wonder why they're <laughs> And
1: then you're like, oh no, I think this child has ADHD. I'm like, how about the fact you just loaded the bomb by 80, 80 grams of sugar with no protein <laughs> oh my and all these, art- all these artificial colors, which I, I don't even know what they are. I'm like, just on a basic level, you can recognize this can't be... This is not this good. doesn't seem healthy. No. You don't need to be a nutritional expert to be like, okay, like, okay, we can have this apple here. And then we have the apple jacks. And, okay, this has, mm. like, 50 ingredients. Which one is better? This has one ingredient, and it came from a tree. This one's probably... In it's pro- theory. It's probably healthier. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you can, probably, you, can, you, can, you can generally work it out, even if you're not in if you're not an expert right sitting around on your butt all day long versus you know hey going out for a walk every day going to here's something that's so funny is um this actually highlights my point like i'm a, I'm a big gym junkie everyone knows this i'm into my you know bodybuilding powerlifting, stuff like that yeah and it's actually funny when you think about it because we live in a time and in an age where when i go to the gym i'm essentially mimicking i'm, I'm doing like fake work Mm, yes. Right. If you think of strength training, Correct. you're doing fake work. Like my again, my, my ancestors, you know, maybe the one there you know, they would have been out hunting or farming right. or doing this. Right. We, or that.
0: we so, had to plow the fields. Yes. We had to ch- chop wood, carry water. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. So, but I, now I'm I'm mimicking that in the in the gym, right? I'm yeah. like doing this. So I now you're you're now like almost artificially stimulating, in order to stay healthy. Yeah. If you're not doing that sort of through your own sort of natural day-to-day labor, you need to artificially stimulate that for several hours Mm. a week just to keep your, prevent your muscles from atrophying and to keep your heart healthy and, you know, get your muscles and your tendons and everything strong.
0: Absolutely. I, I literally said, so I lived in Phoenix, Arizona for a little while. Not trying to hate on Phoenix, okay, but it is a city that should not be there. (laughs) <laughs> okay there's no water okay it is all concrete everything is fake right there's like the trees don't belong there it's desert yeah. there yeah. should like, be goodbye. no grass right it it, it <laughs> does not belong there there should be no city and i remember i i moved there from vermont where you know i grew up having a garden you know playing in the stream behind our house and literally chopping wood to heat our home, and do things like that. Mm. And I just remember, at a certain point, meeting the people, and the way that people were, and the way that people interacted with each other, it was like the fakeness permeated into the attitudes of the people, and the way that people interacted. Mm -hmm. So because there was no like grounding or necessity to be one with nature or earth or whatever that it just it actually affected the way people related Mm. to one another
1: that's interesting i mean i think this is part of why there's such a difference between urban people and rural people Mm. in general and this is true across the world yeah. Right. It's not just an American thing. I mean, city people versus rural people. There tends to be a different attitude and understanding of the world, and even way you treat other people. Mm. Um, of course, I'm generalizing. Oh,
0: obviously. I'm generalizing here, right? Obviously, um, we're but, generalizing.
1: Yeah, but but there there is a difference, and I think that's why you know I'm not um I'm not someone who was raised in a rural. Environment, or who was, you know, ever lived somewhere kind of like out in the boonies or in the sticks or whatever. Yeah. But um, I I think that's why. But I but interestingly, I have found that I've my whole life, I've always found that I tend to get on well with those type of people and tend to sort of share a certain commonality and values and understanding, even though that's not like exactly the way that I've I've grown up. Yeah. It's just it, you know, it's, you're literally down to earth. Like think of that phrase itself, like what it down to earth like you are in the dirt you're yeah you're grounded like you're you're at one with nature you just get it you understand the life cycle you understand humanity you understand how human beings interact with nature whether that's plants whether that's animals you're not so detached from where food comes from mm. right yes. you understand plants fruits and vegetables come from the ground and in order to eat meat or fish an animal has to die and it has to, right, right. Whereas if you're, you know, full hardline, like I know people who, um, for example, I know people for example who can't eat chicken with bones. Like they they can eat chicken, but they can only eat like the fillet. It can't look like chicken. They can't eat chicken. <laughs> they can't eat chicken that right, or they can't eat fish because that actually it looks too yes, much
0: like the yeah, actual like, thing.
1: Yeah, like if you gave them, you know, a roasted or baked fish. Yeah, with you know, with the head with on, like the, the whole face on it. They like. Yeah, oh, like they'll faint. Yeah. Right. But if, if you give them a fillet and especially if you bat, you know, it doesn't look like a fish yeah. anymore. Yeah. Can eat chicken nuggets, no problem, yeah. whatever. And I'm like, man, you're so detached from, the, it's like, they're so detached from what the food is that even the, the thought of that sort of mortifies them. And Bu- I'm like, bugs wow, that's, out. yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, well, that's, what do you think? It's fish. It's chicken. Like that's.
0: That's what what I love. Um, you know, I, I learned how to shoot a gun when I was like six, I think, um, and seriously. (laughs) And so this is why I go, (laughs) it's so funny to me because it really is this interesting dichotomy between, um, you know, what we get exposed to and, uh, and how we're raised you don't even have to grow up in the country mm-hmm. if you are exposed to these things and you're exposed to different kinds of people yes and I think you know before we got started today, you were talking about as an example dubai
1: yes. Um, and that you... By the way, one of the most unnatural cities in the world. Like, you were talking about Phoenix. I bet, oh, yeah. I bet Dubai will blow Phoenix out the water in there.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: Dubai is completely artificial.
0: That's interesting. Well, because it's in the desert, yeah. right? Yeah, the city
1: didn't pretty much exist 50 years ago. Like, it wow. was It was just the desert. That's crazy. And now it's one of the most um, futuristic-looking cities in the entire world. That's and so like fascinating. If you go there, it's like whoa like you feel like you've stepped into the future
0: ooh i yeah. need to go that now i want to go there Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in the course of talking you were saying you know we're so pr- like we're primed towards fear and tribalism things like that and and i think it was before we got started i said you know isn't it scary there as a christian right it's because we are sold mm-hmm. And we're told in the media mm. and by our tribal groups and whatever that we have to be afraid of people. Mm. We have to, oh, you know, the Middle East is this. Um, Arab people are that. Uh, Comes you back know. to that
1: good guy, bad guy thing again, right?
0: It, exactly. <laughs> and so what, if there's anything that you could share yeah. with our viewers about that sort of um that lie Mm -hmm. about good good guy bad guy all or nothing yes what what would that be like what would you how would you encourage them to you know seek out maybe different um you know, would it be to, like, go go travel to yes. those places yes. or would, you know, seek out people, read books? Like, what do you recommend to kind of break that mindset?
1: Absolutely. I think with absolutely anything, there's no true substitute for real-world experience. Mm. You can read all the books you want, listen to all the podcasts you want, check out all the Wikipedia articles you want. And you should, by the way. Like, it's it, there's a lot to learn about the world. But there's no substitute for actually doing something and experiencing it Mm. you can't experience travel without traveling you can (laughs) you can look at photos you can even watch videos on youtube in fact i often do that before i travel to a new place yeah right i'll go on youtube and i'll watch videos and see you know what does it look like you know what see it see it in action and so on um but there's there's no substitute for real world experience and i do strongly encourage people to travel like i understand that sometimes people get mad when i say this because they think that i like oh well you know you've got money you can travel you can just like you'd firstly i you the idea that you need to be like a millionaire to to travel is simply false there's lots of broke people who can scrap together you know a couple hundred dollars to 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 go to go somewhere, right? Te- yeah. Teenagers themselves even even, even yo, do it and they go a, backpacking and whatever.
0: We got a friend that is broke as a joke, and yeah. he still has a PS Five. Okay,
1: yeah. just yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone can work hard and conjure together a few hundred dollars to exactly. to go somewhere. Um, you you know if you if you can't afford to, not, you not fly to the opposite end of the world or whatever. That's fine. But if you're someone who's never left your country. Mm which I think is the majority of Americans, Yeah. for example. Um, and I understand why that may be the case, but I would simply say that you, your perspective, by definition, will be limited. Mm-hmm. It can't not be. You can only see the world from where you are, Yeah. right? You can only see the perspective. So what traveling does is it gives you different reference points, mm. right? Okay. So I can, I, I can see what the USA looks like from Saudi Arabia. Mm. I can see what it looks like from Dubai. I can yes. see what it looks like from Nigeria. I can see what it looks like from the UK. I can see what the UK. I'm from the UK. I can see what the UK looks like from the American perspective. I've spent a lot of time in the USA. I know thousands of met thousands of Americans. So I can I can spend time here and I can look at the UK and be like, okay, this is why. Americans have these perceptions about British people or about the UK. Oh, this is why British mm. people have this perception. You, you can So the more places you've been to, especially if you've really spent time there and gotten to know people and what on, you just get all these different frames of reference and now you can actually make comparisons. And it also gives you not just perspective, but it gives you a greater sense of gratitude. One reason why I think that so many Americans or Westerners as a whole sometimes undermine their own nations. Yeah. Like, first of all, I'll say, I think the biggest threat to the USA is not external. I think it's internal. Oh yeah. Right. It's Get domestic. Me started. It's within here. Get me and started. I, and I think a lot of it is because there are millions of Americans who don't appreciate the USA mm. because they've never left it. They don't have a global perspective. They're not understanding. Like why are there millions of people, probably hundreds of millions, maybe a few billion people in this world. If you gave them the option to move to the USA tomorrow, they would take it. Why? Right? You're yes. saying, like, this place is all horrible and this and this and this and it's this, this. It's terrible. You know, it's the most racist. I've heard, I've heard Americans say the USA is the most racist country in the world. When someone says that, this is a dead giveaway to me that you have been nowhere. Mm. You've been nowhere. If you think the USA is the most racist country in the world, like, I, I laugh at that. It's like, bro, you, you haven't been anywhere. Like, yeah. what, do, what are you even comparing to? Yep. Uh, you're comparing to the utopia that's in your brain, which is perfect, not to history, not to other countries Correct. and so on. So it gives you that additional gratitude because you can you can see the things that your nation genuinely thrives at and what what the opportunities are and how blessed you are, especially if you're from you know let's say a, a first world country. Yes. And you travel oh to some less economically developed countries and you see
0: indoor plumbing, y'all. Yeah. For real. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Good. All
1: good. And you see that you see real you see real poverty. Yeah. Right. You see whoa. Okay. Like there are. Billions of people in this world still in 2023 who, you know, there's a billion plus people who don't have access to, you know, proper toilets, who don't have access to clean water, who don't have access to consistent electricity, who don't have, just like things that we don't even think about, right? People here are, you know, freaking out if the Wi-Fi goes out for 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? We and don't
0: have to. We don't have to use. Well, unless you're in Flint or something like that. <laughs> we don't have to use bottled water to brush our teeth mm-hmm. or to take showers. No. We're not uh, having to take. Uh, like I think in India, they take ivermectin as like a prophylactic. Mm-hmm. Uh, against certain diseases yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, there's there's all sorts of struggle that's going on in the world, and when you see it, when you when you see it with your own eyes, right? Again, you know, people can see it on TV, and they can... Most people will have some some sense of it, but when, when you really see it, and you don't need to, like, you don't need to live it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you see it, and you're like, okay, you know what? I've been complaining about my life a lot. I've been whining. I've been moaning about this and this and this. Let me perspective right let me let me compare my problems to this person over here and you're suddenly like you know what let me be a little more humble and gracious and grateful for what i have i find for me personally i also find it motivational because i'm very i look my, my my big 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 goal yeah is to positively impact and inspire as many millions of people as i can through my words and actions this has always been my goal through my music through everything that i do yeah and one reason why i work so hard and i have such high ambition is it's not because of me Mm. right i could not i i could not work for the next couple decades and if i'm just me by myself i'm actually okay yep right thank god i've i'm at that point already in my mid-30s yeah but I need to create an abundance and use everything that I have at my disposal because I recognize, look, there are so many people out there in the world who I can help in different ways. I would love to have so much abundance and so much excess that I can be like, hey, you know what? Let me let me build a school over here. Hey, let me help to create this thing. Let me help lift this person up. Let me you know, I'm doing it in many different ways as I can right now. You know, helping get people in better shape, helping people to think better, helping people to have a more optimistic attitude, helping entrepreneurs to, you know, do this with their business, whatever it is. But for me, like that's my that's my core driver. And so much of it just comes from having a genuine acknowledgement and understanding of this. By the way, this is why there are people. Like I see a lot of criticisms of me. I know all the various criticisms of uh, of me that exist out there. Um, and one thing that some people think is that I'm um, that that I that I'm not sympathetic, or that I or that I'm not I'm not compassionate enough mm. because I don't like it when you know when I get some American or Brit or someone who's you know well like. Was, who's fully able-bodied and has no, uh, illness or disability Mm -hmm. or major thing like, Mm -hmm. and they want to like whine to me. Mm -hmm. They want to come and whine to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I don't have sympathy. Like get off your butt and go and do something. Like you're fully able-bodied. You're 25 years old. There's nothing wrong with you. You're in America. You've got a British, you've got American passport. You've got like, you've got a family. You've got like... what what more do you what more do you like, dude? Like the world is yours. Do people go, go are out s- there? And,
0: like Be- people are <laughs> like, so dude. busy navel gazing yeah. that they don't realize that there is actual suffering and Real actual suffering. need yeah. of people. I'm so focused on why my yeah. little feelings hurt, but, and and that's what it's like, dude. And that's what I think. You know, one of the things, especially as a Christian, mm-hmm. we are called to go out to be the light on top of the hill, mm-hmm. okay? I can sit here and feel sorry for myself all day. Sure. If I want to, I can find reasons to complain. Oh, 100%. I always. can absolutely, oh, my, if this hurts mm-hmm. or that hurts. Uh, uh, uh.
1: This is another thing that happens because, like, when you become so prosperous and comfortable in a place that the small problems create the same it's almost like you have the same emotional response Mm. to you know a modern well-off person has probably the same chemical response to the wi-fi going out for 20 minutes or their favorite avocado running out in the store as like as your as your as your ancestor would have had to like you know, finding out that the rain didn't come when it was supposed to, right? So people are making genuine mountains out of molehills and so on. This is why, you know, before we started recording, you were like, uh, I think it was before we started. And yeah. you were like, maybe it was the beginning of the interview and you were like, um, you know, all right, how tired you? Know, how tired are you? you must be oh, tired. yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm tired, but who cares? Exactly. Right. What, why am I tired? I'm tired because I've had the opportunity to travel around the world and mm. perform on stages and entertain Beyond thousands mission. of people and help people and take selfies and sign CDs and be in all these cool places. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to complain about are that? Are you going to feel sorry I, for I, yourself? I worked, I worked for over 18 years to be in a position where I have the... I'm blessed enough to be tired, yeah, because I'm getting all these cool opportunities, and I'm supposed to complain or moan. I'm like, thank God, yeah, like, th- th- like, and and that's my attitude to life. You know, some people ask me, oh, I'm like, why why are you always how, how are you always happy? How are you always joyful? How have you always got energy? Yeah, and I keep myself in good shape, and that's important. And I have certain you know blessings, great family, friends, whatever to you know help to keep keep me grounded. But it's so much of it is just my worldview. It's, it's my mindset. It's my worldview. It's the way that I, the way that I see things. It's just like, look, what do I have to complain about? Yeah. Really, like what, what do I beyond you know everyday petty little things? Yeah. Like what, what does someone like me have to complain about? Like it, it's to me, it's almost like it, it it almost feels unethical for me to complain.
0: Ooh, it's like a spit in the face of yeah. the blessings that you've received. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. I'm like, man. And also, here's another thing is that a day will come where I have good reason to be upset mm. right? Yeah, a day will come when I have I, I've had days, days like this before, right,
0: right I, yeah. I've lost
1: I've lost family members. Yep. I've had friends die. I've had serious concerns. you know, I've had people in my life who I care about get sick, right? I've had times when, you know what? today I've got a good reason to be sad. Yes, and that day's not right now.
0: yeah, and right? that day' not right now. There's a difference between being sad or having a feeling of depression Mm -hmm. and being depressed, right? And so when, I mean, even just basic scripture, right? Mm -hmm. I was not made with a spirit of fear and timidity, but of, uh, oh my God, I'm going to totally butcher it. Uh, But but like, this is not how God created me. Mm. God created me to... um, be on mission. He brings me beside still waters. His yoke is light and easy. Mm. And if I remember to stay in his will for me, if I remember to stay on mission and on purpose for what he has for me, right? You talked about wanting to, um, you know, uh, be a, a light to the world and really be able to speak to that. And for me, you know, my mission, my purpose is an engaged and informed electorate. Mm-hmm. And if I am staying on mission, if I am staying on, on, on per, you know, in my purpose, then God's going to figure out the rest. Mm-hmm. And ultimately when I take a step back and I look at everything that is wrong with the world, right? At all that, that tribalism, the hatred, the prejudice, the bigotry, whatever it is, the misunderstandings of people, the answer is Jesus. Mm -hmm. The answer is bringing light to the gospel Mm -hmm. that everyone is a child of God, that there is this set of commandments that if we all try our best to live by, Mm -hmm. we're going to be way better off. And that mission and that goal of being the light on the hill is so much more important than my feelings uh, or the, or how tired I am yeah. or whatever it is. Because if I keep my eyes on him, mm-hmm. then then that's what's most important. And if I can share that gospel and I can bring that truth to the world, then How much of all of this nonsense gets fixed? Yeah, a lot of it. And goes away?
1: All of it. If everyone were to do it, and look, this is how you genuinely make the world a better place, right? If you can help be your best version of yourself in every aspect, physically, mentally, spiritually, educationally, your skills, all of it, then you can encourage and help other people to do the same, right? You can't pour water from an empty cup, right? If you yourself don't have anything in your own life in order and you've built no skills and you're not of any used to other people then you you know if you can't help yourself it's very difficult to help other people yeah right and i think that there's something weird and twisted that happens in our society i think even sometimes with some some christians maybe this is what i might consider to be certain scriptural misunderstandings which is that almost you i don't know i I, I've, i've come across people both religious and irreligious who almost think that you shouldn't be like too ambitious or, you know, you shouldn't strive to, you know, oh, be careful, Zuby, you shouldn't be, uh, you know, for example, if I ever talk about money yeah, or like I talk about, you know, why it's important or how people can earn more of it or anything like that, there's always some pushback of like, oh, you're being materialistic or that you know root of money is you know money is the root of all evil which is a misquote by the way
0: misquote Um, probably the most common probably the
1: most common biblical misquote it's the love of money is the root of many evils is the is the the proper thing right i'm not trying to tell anyone to love money but it's like look if you have resources yes whatever that is you can help people correct if someone is in abject poverty or can't afford like to food to eat or whatever and i don't even have the ability to, i i don't have anything to give them or help them with then i i'm limited right if i right. don't if i don't go to the gym and become physically strong and physically fit then if i'm ever in a situation where i need to i need to help someone hey th- this person's here and i need to carry them out of the thing and i'm too physically weak to even li-, like i'm not i can't help other people unless i become a good version of myself and if other people do that then you can use those gifts that you have as gifts to
0: other people. And it's even scriptural. It says, if a man's house is not first in order, again, you guys, I'm terrible. I cannot quote (laughs) these. If Benjamin were here, he would be able to quote them for us. But um, it says, we're supposed to take care of a generation ahead Mm -hmm. and a generation behind. And so it doesn't say, be poor. It doesn't say, uh, have nothing, or it, it, it says, it says the exact opposite of that. Yeah. And so,
1: and I think the motivation, the motivation is important, right? I think it's a very different thing to want to have abundance, to create opportunities for yourself, your family, your children and other people. Yeah. And to help people versus just, you know, having an extremely materialistic and Mm. consumerist attitude where it's just like, okay, I just want to have a ton of money so that I can just buy all the shiny things and toys right. and things that I want. Right. If that were someone's view, I would say, okay, that's not very Christian, right? Like there's nothing wrong with having some nice things, but if you have that level of abundance, I think it is imperative on you as a person of faith to use that to help yeah. humanity, right? Use that, use that to help other people. So that, that, that's my perspective. And it's been my perspective for, Agreed. it's been my, it's been my perspective for a long time. So I don't, I'm not going to slow down because it makes other people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I w- and I don't encourage anyone else to slow down because you know hey slow down so I can catch up or anything it's like no like no. I want everyone we've all got different skills different yes. abilities different things we're good at this is one thing I love about the I love about this life as well is the you know we hear a lot of talk these days about diversity The the coolest form of human diversity is just the fact everyone has different personality, interests, Mm. skill sets, abilities, physiques, ways of doing things. So and and you don't and you don't need to do you don't need to you don't and cannot be a master of everything. Yeah. Right. There's some things that I'm great at. I'm great at. And there's things I'm terrible at. Yeah. But the things I'm terrible at, there are other people in the world who are great at them. There's things I'm great at that they're terrible at and that's actually what the economy really is even if you you think of it in that sense like yes. we're all do it hey okay you know i'm not a dentist i don't know how to do hey oh there's someone trained in that so hey i need that service i can do that oh oh you you need music okay someone can make the music oh you need a video production hey look this person can do that this person knows how to bake bread this person is a hunter this person's a farmer this person and i'm like awesome that's the coolest form of diversity and then we, by us all existing together, yes. you have it all, right? If, if the world were just men, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Within a hundred years, hum- humanity ceases to exist. If the world were just women, within a, a century, the human species ceases to exist, right? But hey, yeah. we have men and we have women, and now we have the whole, we have the whole picture. We've got that half, we've got that half. We put it all together. And I don't think any of this is an accident, right? I think that's how it's, uh, you know, I think that's how God created things. Yes. And it all works together. And um, yeah, I think oftentimes, as obvious as it may sound, I do think sometimes people lose sight of that amongst all the, the bickering and the fighting and yep. the back and forth and people forget, hey, actually, you know what? Like, We really do need each other. Yeah. Right? Yes. We, we, we genuinely need each other. It right? is
0: so true. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with yeah. that. That is, um, and that is in, that is his glory, right? That is the glory of humanity and, and how God created us, right? If we are created in his image and he has made us, especially as men and women, I know you're not allowed to say that anymore, but as men and women, we get to be this amazing compliment to one another and just grow in understanding and effectiveness Mm. as humanity, learn about what it is to be a human being, um, as God's children and, and just figure it out. Ah, I love that. (laughs) I love that. Okay. So what would you like to share with the viewers? Um, final thoughts, Make like tell everybody you, you shared a little bit about where they can find you you've got a website mm-hmm. you've got zuby music uh there is you got the books you got the website you're on social media yeah um
1: so yeah um you
0: can find me on all social media at
1: zuby music that is at z-u-b-y music i'm on twitter instagram facebook youtube at zuby music you can find me and if you go to teamzuby.com You can find all my merchandise, music, and books there. Um, And zubimusic.com as well. Got links to everything on there, and you can find my podcast there as well.
0: And, you know, we were... um, You were talking about how robust the church is, even in uh, the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And so share, if you would, final thoughts with our viewers about just... I would love to hear your thoughts as we, as we wrap up your thoughts about, you know, being a Christian, your walk with God Mm. and, um, and how you might encourage, uh, Christians around the world or here in America who, um, maybe struggling with their faith a little bit, especially in light of all of the insanity that we see going on.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is that to be a Bible-believing Christian in this time is uh it is countercultural. Mm. There was a time where that was, you know, very much the the dominant culture and it was easy because you know, you're swimming, you're going with the grain, you're 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 swimming with the stream. Whereas now to hold on to and espouse those values and stand on those principles is increasingly difficult, right? Mm. The climate has become more hostile, some places far more hostile than in others. I'd also say, by the way, again, keeping things in reference for all the people who think it's difficult to be a Christian or difficult to be a Christian in a, in the USA or in the UK, um, there are millions of Christians around the world who are literally being persecuted or their life is in danger simply for them having and practicing their beliefs, right? There are thousands of people who get killed every year because of their faith and Mm -hmm. you know that's absolutely not happening in our countries so again yes sure you might not like you don't want someone to call you a bigot or something I get it I get it but um you know no one's trying to throw you in prison or have you executed for your beliefs in these countries so you you've still got it good um so I think recognizing that is important I I always come back to courage people need Mm -hmm. to have courage and courage courage is biblical how many times does the bible tell you do not be afraid.
0: Mm.
1: How many times? I, I like don't. One thousand. That, do Do not be afraid is 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 all over the Bible. Yeah. Right. So, be courageous. Be courageous. Um, I'd say be courageous and also have tact. I think tact is an underrated Ooh. skill yes. and trait in our society. Right. When I say be courageous, it doesn't mean you need to go out tomorrow and start like beating people over the head with uh, all your beliefs and ideas and everything. But you know, have those. Don't be afraid to voice your concerns, voice your beliefs, have conversations with people. Yeah. Don't be afraid for people to disagree with you. Don't be afraid to disagree with other people. And then on top of it all, you know, I think oftentimes as Christians, we can, we can lose sight. We can we can get wrapped up in a lot of the. I don't know the 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 legalism or some of the mm-hmm. some of the nitty gritty and nuances and stuff. Yes. And. I often come back to, you know, I know a lot of Americans have those little, you know, what would Jesus do bracelets. But I think that's uh as, as sort of trite and cliche as that may seem. It is. a It's a good way to think. Yeah. Right. If you are a Christian, you should do your best to be Christlike.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So yes. the way that you do treat other people. Yeah. I will say this, especially people who disagree with you. Oh, my God. Everyone treats the people who even dictators, even murderous dictators treat people who agree with them pretty well. Yep. It takes something special to treat people who disagree with you, who you might consider your opposition, who might annoy you or whatever. To treat those people well and with dignity and with humanity and with kindness, trust me, I know it can be rough. Like, yeah, yep. I got a big Twitter following. I deal with <laughs> flack all day long. I understand it can be difficult, right? Um, and I believe the most radical thing that's in the Bible, the most radical Christian belief is the idea that you should love your enemies because that is completely against nature. That is the opposite of what is natural to do. It's a lot easier to hate your enemies and to behave in that manner. So yep. I think if people come back to Jesus as a model and think, okay, how would, you know, if Jesus Christ existed in uh, here in 2023, <laughs> how how would he respond to this? How would he be treating people? Correct. How would he be talking to people? And I think that he would be firm and uncompromising in his beliefs and in his teachings. Yep. But it would be tempered with kindness and with tact and with understanding and with compassion and with forgiveness, um and not trying to, you know, cancel and destroy people for every you know transgression real or imagined
0: that's what my example I like to tell people is when he was talking to the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did he condemn the woman at the well? Did he call her names? Was he calling her this, that, mm-hmm. or the other thing? Or was he just dwelling and understanding with her yeah. and speaking to her soul and speaking to her spirit? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Jesus who was turning over tables uh, was doing it in his own house yes. with his leadership who was not acting right. Mm-hmm. We're not called to do that with Gentiles, mm-hmm. with the unbeliever. Uh, we're called to be to To love our enemies. Yes, I love that you called that out. Yeah, and that that's such a good reminder, and I think probably the best thing for us to close with. No doubt,
1: I last, love it. Last thing I would say is I'd also say that the best and worst PR for any faith or religion is the people who ascribe to it. Mm. Nothing puts Christian no, nothing puts people off Christianity more than christians who are being hypocritical or nasty mm. or very unchrist like and nothing Egalistic. and nothing is more likely to bring people to the faith than them seeing people who are walking with jesus and who are reflecting that and who are actually treating people in a christ-like fashion
0: oh oh i love it i love it Thank you so much, Zuby, for so being welcome. with us today. Thanks for taking some time to come to our, our brave little state <laughs> here. And, uh, you know, the performance yesterday at the event. And, um, and just for sharing your message um, of, of um, you know, hope and movement, graciousness, gratitude. This was uh, just an awesome awesome conversation and uh and i think if anybody is looking for coaching for mindset clearly yeah. you, you need to engage this guy because he's got something good going thank on you. Thank so you. thank you again i appreciate it. appreciate it thank you all right bye guys